Hi, I'm Anna Tonk. Welcome to How to Be Human, a podcast that explores the common and often confusing themes of humanness. Oh, I know it's been a little bit of a pause. I hope everybody has had a good summer and is getting ready for fall. I'm recording this before the equinox, but I like fall for a check-in. I enjoyed doing the tarot reading for the vibe of summer before, so I thought I would do one for fall because I think fall is this good time that... If you're anything like me and, you know, once the temperature gets over 75 degrees, you become dumb, you know, I feel like I leave a lot to be fall's problem. But also, it's funny, like, how short a period of time we're really in school, all things considered, and yet the imprint that leaves on us in terms of, like, natural rhythms, that as soon as, you know, fall starts to be discussed or we start to be looking towards it, I think about, like, what I want to kind of go back to school for. And now, I mean, that's both literally... And metaphorically, in that I often do sign up for classes in the fall. And then I metaphorically, what business do I need to tend to? What do I need to take care of? And I would say my summer was a little bit busier taking care of shit than it is normally. But I do feel this sense of kind of parties over time to get serious down to work, whatever that means, because fall is coming. From an energetic standpoint, I think of fall often as this time when we are preparing for winter in the sense of we are doing the work to sort of prepare to turn inward, to be on our own, to have literally less light, you know, to have less warmth, these things. I think it can be helpful to lean into that versus fighting it in the sense of you may feel this sort of turn inward. You know, we're still in Virgo season right now and the card associated with the major associated with Virgo is the hermit, which I think is kind of funny. But the turn inward, you know, like often I think when the hermit comes up or this energy sort of comes up, people often feel punished by it or a bit, you know, like raise your hand if you've been, you know, personally victimized by the hermit. But people can feel a little victimized or punished a bit like it's this time out. But really, I think it's a time when what we have available to us is to turn the external noise down in order to go within and reconnect with ourselves. And that can mean reconnecting with what it is you want, reconnecting with pieces of yourself that maybe got put to the side. But I tend to think of fall as this time to reconnect. Maybe for me, it's also because like my energy comes back once it gets cooler and I'm like, yeah, let's hang. That doesn't sound terrible. No, I'm kidding. I mean, hanging never sounds terrible. But the idea of being like sweating on the subway and like schlepping and the heat and all that, no, I, I'm not as social. So I've pulled some cards for us. What is the energy? What are we being invited into this fall? And I'm not going to lie to y'all. It's kind of intense. We've got a lot going on. I love that for us. Current situation, we've got the tower with the right tail. And I'm reading with the mother piece today. Tower, you know, we're ready to let go of what has been built on false self-belief. 
So anywhere you're sort of settling, anywhere you're sort of telling yourself, yeah, it's not great, but it's fine. Anywhere you're sort of going, this is the best I can do or whatever, you might see that fall by the wayside. I would say tower is very similar to eclipse energy in the sense of our best way to approach it is surrender and to let what needs to go, go. This can be also endings. Like, and I don't want to make anybody scared. This is, we're not fear mongering. If everything is fine in your life and you know, you're like, I'm really happy with my partner and I'm really happy at my job and everything's great. Don't be worried that that's suddenly going to be taken from you or anything like that. That's not what we're in the business of. That's not what we're doing here. But if you are settling and you are telling yourself like, oh, it's fine that my boss is a jerk and they don't pay me enough. You know, it's a job. At least it's a job or something. Like, I wouldn't be shocked if you get laid off in that you may need to be forced out in order to claim what is more for yourself. So... Anywhere you're sort of playing small, you're accepting less than what you're worth, you're sort of making yourself fit into a smaller box, that box is probably going to get busted open, you know? This can also, too, uh, something I really like to, I think there's a lot of emphasis in when the tower comes up about like loss and it's a lightning bolt, it's it's catastrophic, you know, like there's a lot of fear-mongering shit that goes on with tower and with the tower and just in in general, but this can also be mental. I've experienced tower once in my life, very physically, where it was like, I was ignoring a lot and it was like, boom, 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 you know, like I like got let go. I ended this like situation show, you know, it was like, boom, 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 systematic. It was like, girl, you know, you're settling and not looking at it. So we're yoinking it out of your life, you know, but other times how I have most frequently experienced the tower is mentally, where it's very much something once you know it, you can unknow it. You know, like once you kind of go, oh my God, like I let people criticize me all the time because I was raised in a critical household. You're like, holy shit, how had I not seen that? You know, so you can experience it that way too. And I just want to hold space for that. I, I'm at the point in my own spiritual journey and my own relationship with tarot and these things where I just sort of like accept it. You know, like if this is the energy we're in, if like we're in an energy or period of surrender, like so be it, you know, like I'll let, you know, like I'll let it go from my life or whatever. It doesn't mean you have to like it. You, you don't have to toxic positivity yourself. You know, like even if you get let go from a job that really was like a piece of shit job, you don't have to be thrilled about it. You don't have to be like, oh my God, thank you for liberating me. You know, you're allowed to be like, this is annoying. Like now I have to figure out a job. Like things can be good for us and be good for our growth and our spiritual growth. And we fucking hate it. You know, like I just want to be really clear about that. That if things, you know, fall apart in your life or things have to go from your life and that is painful, it is. You know, you don't have to bright side it. You don't have to be like... Well, it's just, you know, the energy we're in or what, you know, like you could, or you can, you know, you can do that, but I'm saying you don't have to, that it's totally fine to be in the shit if that's where you find yourself. Our obstacle is the priestess of wands, which is really interesting. I think in some ways we're like kind of blocking our magic. We think about the things that like make you feel really powerful and really connected to your inner resources, your inner magic, you know, 
someone puts a gun to your head and says like, what are the most magical things about you? And you're like, okay, I'm really good at X, Y, Z. You know, like are things in your life getting in the way from you being able to tap into and access that energy? You know, I think of the breezes of wants, like, God, she's a bad bitch. She walks really confidently knowing what she's capable of and the transformation she can bring about in her life and in others. She's really aware of what she's able to do and like how she can connect it to the greater good of others and things like that. So what is serving as an obstacle of that? You know, you're like, well, you're supposed to tell us, Anna. I'm trying. But I would think of like, what's still in your shine? What's blocking your magic? Do you need to get a little bit more rest? Do you need to maybe like go seek out some inspiration? Do you need to go buy some expensive magazines and see if it sparks anything? Or you read about a new film coming out and you make a point to go see it. You know, like, what do you need? How do you need to stoke your own flames? How do you need to remember who you are? I would say that's a big thing is you really need to reconnect and remember who you are and what makes you magical and why are you on the earth at this time? Very chill. But I think it's it can be easy and it, to, to forget. It can be easy to be like in the groove of summer and be like, I don't really want to be magical. Like I want to eat lobster rolls and be tan right now. And that's fine, you know? But it's a little bit of an obstacle right now. So that makes me think that like maybe you're trying to do things. You're trying to access that energy and it's not available right now. But what is impeding you from walking confidently forward, sure of who you are, sure of what you bring to the table? How can you remove that or how can you reconnect to it? The advice is the Hierophant, which is really interesting. You know, back in ye olden times in ancient Greece, the Hierophant was essentially the person who went high up on the hills and spoke to the gods and then brought the information back to the people. So the Hierophant is a lot about questioning your belief systems and figuring out what you actually believe versus what was imposed upon you. And you want to think about it too in terms of like all organized institutions, you know, you want to think of it in terms of like your family of origin, your parents, like what knowledge have they sort of told you is fact and maybe it's not religion, you know, even your education. And this can be, you want to be careful, like you got to be tender with yourself in this process because, you know, like we're all really wired and to belong. And so sometimes, you know, rejecting beliefs is a way to threaten our sense of belonging or question whether or not we will still belong if we don't believe these things. I grew up in a really liberal household. So like often when I'm in this um, energy, it's not that bad for me. But what can be interesting is like really how it shows up for me is like, I have to be careful like with my mom because if I'm like, yeah, I don't agree with that or I don't believe it, like she can think that I'm like rebelling against her or rejecting her. And I'm like, lady, I'm old. I'm in my 40s. I'm not like rebelling against you anymore. Like that ship has sailed. But I have to emphasize to her sometimes like your voice, your things, like, yes, it carries weight, but it's also just another opinion because I'm an adult now. So this energy can play out in a way too where it's not just like it's painful or, or stressful or tricky for you 
to evaluate your own system, but that you could be the one maybe mirroring it back to others. It's also good energy or it's an invitation to think about your spiritual authority and think about where are you the teacher and where are you the student? I would say that that's like kind of across the board that what are you ready to learn? What are you ready to teach? And what is like really an integrity about that? It's not just what you want. It's not what your ego says. It's not because you've completed X amount of classes or whatever, but what are you truly called to share with others and be a mentor? What are you really called to be a mentee about? And to think about that both in terms of sort of like life and practice and in terms of your own spiritual journey and authority. How can you be your own priest? You know, how can you bring be your own disciple? I think in general, we've had a lot of calls. I've been sort of noticing in other people's work and things like that and just various readings. It's funny because like, you know, for a while, spirituality you know, was was the trendiest. It was the thing here, there, everywhere. And now I feel like it became kind of normal. So it's not as discussed, but I think we're being invited into it again, you know, at this point to like, not just learn that some of these things are good for us or learn that we have these tools or learn that spirituality can like bring you a greater sense of oneness with both yourself and the universe, like these things. It's like, okay, well, now what are you going to do about it? What are you going to do with it? How are you going to deepen this within? How are you going to like live it in your life? How can you make your spiritual practice also be part of what like informs your human practice? And I feel like in this reading, that's a bit what's coming up. Also, not for nothing, I pulled five cards and we have three majors. So we're in the thick of it in some ways. Energy we're being invited to tap into during this time, that our energy that is available to us, which I love, is strength. Again, there's a lot like between the Priestess of Wands and strength. A lot of calls to rediscover, reconnect, like really, really tap into your inner magic. And because strength has come up and I'm sure it's come up in past readings before and you're going to say, Anna, you've already told me to do this. I'm going to tell you to do it again. Write down at least five. I would love if you did 10. You're also more than welcome to share them with me. Five to 10 things that are magical about yourself and then think about what are you doing to be in service of that magic? Do your relationships align with it? Does your work align with it? And granted, like it can't always, you know, but it's something you have to think about, you know, it's something in order, I think, to be in a deeper integrity with yourself, you have to choose, you know, sometimes the things that are magical about us, like aren't always the sexiest, but if you try to avoid it, you make it worse for yourself. Whereas if you just embrace and are like, you know what, you know, like something I think think is actually kind of magical about me, but it's like not the sexiest thing. I'm very ethical and I don't know why. It's not like something I've like cultivated about myself and it's annoying. There's times I would love to turn a blind eye or I would love to like just take a deal or whatever. And I'm just like, fuck, I can't do it. Like it just doesn't work for me. It's just not ethical or whatever. I used to feel, I guess, embarrassed about it or just was like, that's not cool. Like young people aren't ethical or whatever. And I would try to sort of act, you know, like I was cool with things I wasn't or whatever, you know, like it just made a mess. And it also attracted people into my life who didn't really like understand that value about me. So things that are magical about you or things that are like really 
core values that you have, you have to be in service of them, you know, both to be able to access all the resources of yourself and all that you have within, but to be able to tap into that, to be able to access it, to be able to harness it, to be able to bring it outward, outward, you know, you have to be in conversation with it. So we got to reconnect. We got to remember, we got to tap into that about ourselves. We have to have brave, you know, we have to have bravery. We have to bring in, you know, discipline. We have to, you know, it's kind of interesting because like, you know, strength is associated with, with Leo and it's like, interesting these seasons we've come through, we're being asked, you know, to, to talk to, you know, tap into and, and access again. But I really, really love the strength card. And while it can obviously be, I think it can be like a tricky card. It's not always easy when we're being, you know, told to access our inner strength and to, to have courage and, you know, like that, that's not, you know, like determination and all these things. Like, it's not always the easy task, the easiest task. Like we're being asked to really harness all of the things that are, I think, good about us, but that are we maybe hold close to our chest. And we're being tasked with being a lot more honest and I think forward facing about those things. And that can seem a little daunting, you know? And then the energy we're moving into that I enjoy is the six of swords. So a shift in perspective, you know, like things, I think in a way it's like we we have to gear ourselves up this fall to feel a little like, ooh, you know, I'm a little daunted. I'm going to do the brave thing. I'm going to take this move or I'm going to like finally wrap my head around, you know, selling this apartment or whatever. But then I think it's like a big lesson for us that like a lot of what a shift or a lot of what it comes from action, you know, like what we're really being tasked to do is a lot of kind of like what the point of therapy is. It's like the point of therapy isn't to like cure you, fix you, any of that. It's, you know, for you to know that no matter what happens, you will be okay. And I think this reading is a lot about remember who you are so that no matter what comes next, you're on this rock solid foundation and you remember that like nothing can really take this away from you. You can't be taken away from yourself, especially if you've remembered and reconnected with, to it. And if you'll do that, you might see things differently. Things might come about in a different way. So hopefully this provides a little bit of timely seasonal guidance. Nice to share some tarot with y'all again. And then I did get some questions I had asked if y'all had any questions about tarot. And I thought this was, he made me laugh, Ryan Marquardt, who is a very talented and incredible astrologer and also has an amazing podcast with his co-host, Megan Lund, that you should listen to Claranoids. Okay, assign a card to each celebrity, Taylor Swift, Beyonce, Chad Kroger, <laughs> Snooki, Morgan Freeman. This batch, Ryan. Okay, Taylor Swift, man. I would say she's maybe the queen of pentacles. I think she's very much living within her gifts, knows how to, to access them. Beyonce, I would say queen of wands, man. Magic, or maybe the high priestess. I would debate on that. Chad Kroger... 
you know, he's in his late 40s now. He's both had extreme success from Nickelback and then maybe, you know, endured being a bit of a joke. So I'm going to say King of Wands because I don't think he's the Knight of Wands. I think he has served his time as being a fuck boy and maybe as a fuck man. Snooky, Snooky, I would say maybe Knight of Wands, but she's also kind of grown up in a way. I also think that Snooky is a well-meaning meatball. She loves her kids. I'm going to go Queen of Cups. Morgan Freeman. I feel like I don't know enough about Morgan Freeman like as a person, but I would say maybe King of Cups. I think he's both in touch with his very rational, logical mind, but also his feelings and he feels very diplomatic to me. Let's see what else. I love that Ryan did Fuck, Mary Kill and Why the Fool, the Hermit, the Hangman. Okay, I would definitely fuck the fool because uh, the fool is probably a lot of fun, but it's not so serious. It's the start of, you know, uh, the Arcana. Mm, marry or kill the hermit or the hangman. I would marry the hermit. We maybe wouldn't party a lot or have a lot of fun, but we would have lots of answers. And I think I would kill the hangman just because the whole surrender for enlightenment would make me crazy. <laughs> and then somebody asked, else asked, is it really accurate in regard to the tarot? And... I think it is, but the thing to remember, here's the thing, like tarot itself is not predictive. We are looking at patterns and extrapolating. If somebody has a prediction, it's usually because they're channeling. And I think it's important that any reader is clear about that. I think that tarot is very accurate and that's why people get mad about it because... I do think it shows us aspects or sides of ourselves we don't always want to see or we don't always like, you know, love in that, you know, it can be like, hey, friend, like, it's a you, <laughs> it's you're the problem or you're doing this thing in your life or whatever. So the thing is, it's like, I mean, accurate is a tough thing to say. Like, I don't think, I don't know that at this point, to be honest, having done psychic work now for a long time, having seen a lot of readers, I don't really know that anything can be fully accurate because so much is dependent on the interpretation. So I would say what will have the most accuracy are readers, people putting themselves and their egos to the side and are really doing the best they can to relay the information that is coming through the cards or, you know, coming from your guides or whoever um, they're in conversation with when they read. You know, I learned a really, really powerful lesson when I was at Delphi about that, where we did, um, we did readings for people in the community and you weren't really allowed to talk to them. I mean, you, you basically just channeled and told them everything that came through and they could, they could either say like, no, that like, I don't think that applies to me or they could say like, tell me more. So doing that, I learned a lot because a bunch of kind of like kooky things came through when I was reading for this woman that I was just like, you're really going to like make me say this to her? Like you're make, you're going to make me talk about like pecans? Like why? And stuff. And 
she was positive it was a message from her son had passed away, you know? And I don't know. Did I feel a sense of her son like telling me these things? No. I did feel a sense of like something, like some energetic force was really telling me things to relate to this woman. I, and I don't know who or what that was. But I also learned in that moment the way she reacted to what it did for her and things like it wasn't for me to decide. So the accuracy to me is the more you can be in your objectivity to remember, like it's your job as a reader to do things in a safe, grounded and thoughtful manner, but it's not your decision to interpret or decide what the info means. You know, like you can offer it to someone and say, I think this is speaking to this, or I think this card is talking about this situation in your life. But I don't think anything will ever have like 100% accuracy because, you know, humans are involved and we don't know like what we're doing in, in a larger sense. But I do think that the real reason this question of accuracy comes in is because people want it out in terms of like if they hear something they don't want to hear. And that to me is not really connected to accuracy. You know, that's more just like, is there gonna is there a way I can dis disregard this if it doesn't do what I want it to? So I don't know the person who asked the question, I don't know the way in which they intended it. So I'm certainly not speaking to them in that way. I'm more just sharing like this is something that comes up a lot. I love that I can like be reading at an event, granted it's been some time, and someone will be like, Do you think this is really true? Or do you think this is actually accurate or whatever? And it's just kind of like so crazy to me we're still having these conversations or that, you know, people don't understand that they also have a vested interest in it not being accurate, you know, that it might have a little bit more to do with them than it does in the, the system and the art form. I don't know. Anyway, I hope this has been helpful. I hope we all have lovely falls. Tell me what you're getting into this fall. Obviously, if you have questions about tarot, whatever, you can always submit them. Yeah, that's it. I'll talk to y'all next week. Bye. That's all for today. If you're interested in submitting a topic, please go to anatonk.com and hit the contact button. Or you can email me at anatonk at gmail.com. If you're a fan of the podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe. It really does help.